thank you. I, I want to thank all of you for jumping in and leading the meeting. Uh, and I'm happy to be the speaker. And uh, I want to start out talking a little bit about uh, who I am as far as my background, and then telling you about how the disease affected me and about my recovery. My name is Nancy J, and I'm from Geneva, Illinois. And I'm 75 years old right now. Uh, I, my background is that I come from a Jewish family. I was born in Brooklyn, in New York, in 1945, and to a really wonderful uh, family. Wonderful in every sense. My, my parents were terrific, loving people, very supportive and warm, and very devoted to my brother and me. I have an older brother. And also uh, our extended family, wonderful grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, a terrific group of people. We got together all the time and very enjoyable to be part of that family. And I was a thin, or you could say average child, uh, average teenager, had no trouble with food, but I, I had uh, what I would call an oral fixation. Looking back, I was a thumb sucker to the extreme. Every night in my sleep, as I got older, I'd suck my thumb all the way to college. And even as an adult, I would wake up and find my thumb wet in the morning as an adult with children. And so I was sucking my thumb in my sleep. So there's some kind of oral fixation going on. And then uh, a, a, an extreme nail biter. So that was my childhood. And my mother unfortunately died of cancer when I was only nine. And my father remarried. My father was an attorney, a tall, handsome, lovely man, quiet man. He, he married again, and the second wife was a nightmare. She had a lot of mental illness, and she eventually died of cancer when I was a senior in high school. So those are the tragedies of my childhood. And, uh, and it was tragic looking back because my stepmother was so mentally ill when I was a teenager having to live with this lady who was always upset, angry. She kind of scared away all the, all the relatives we had. So all those warm relationships we had, those people stopped coming around. So not only did I lose my mother and the nurturing with my mother, beautiful, lovely lady, but I lost a lot of other relationships. And, uh, and, then once I met my husband and we got married, I'm now in my 20s, we start having children. And I ended up having three wonderful kids and I enjoyed being at home with them. However, something psychologically or spiritually started to happen to me, even though I had a very happy marriage and I do so till today. We've been married 52 years now wonderful man, very supportive. When I say supportive, just to give you an idea, I'm gonna to skip to current times. If I say to him, Walter, do you mind if I have another OA Zoom meeting? Or when it was face-to-face, -face, I'd say, you mind if I'm going to yet another, another weekend or another? He'd always say the same thing, if it helps you, do it. 
it helps you, Nancy, do it. So I've been very lucky to have that kind of support from my husband. But back when my kids were first born and I was home with them, I found that I was watching soap operas nonstop and eating, eating, eating. That's when the eating started. And, uh, and you know, you read in the big book about people who didn't become alcoholics until they're 35 or whatever. Well, that's kind of my story. I really was not a compulsive overeater uh, until my 20s. And once I realized, once I realized uh, that I was interested in food, that I wanted 12 bagels, that I wanted a gallon of ice cream, that I wanted a loaf of bread, that I wanted to stuff myself. Once that started up in me, it's like a, a switch was flipped. Uh, there was no stopping. And it was nothing for me to put on 100 pounds. However, I was a very good dieter. So I would diet off the 100 pounds in a very disciplined way, but I would never last. I could never maintain uh, the weight loss. The weight would come right back on. And that was my whole adult life. I ended up finding OA in my young 30s. Loved it. But after a few years, went to law school and graduated from law school. And I've been with the same law firm now for about 32 years. And all through those years, uh, I've been up and down the scale, up and down the scale. Uh, really terrible. Finally, I got to be almost 70 years old. 272 pounds, the highest I've ever been. And I have high blood pressure at this point, and I'm bleeding from my nose. I'm at work with nice contracts spread out on my desk as a lawyer, a white, white papers with typing on it, very official looking. And all of a sudden, I see big blotches of red blood dripping onto the pages, like in a horror movie. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm bleeding all over these legal documents. And... Uh, it was because of, of, of the weight and the high blood pressure. And I started to have a lot of medical issues, a lot of depression. And every night I'd come home from the office. I'd sit in my bedroom with the TV in front of me. And I'd say, tomorrow I'm going to start my diet. And I eat and eat and eat that night, stuffing myself. I'm a volume eater. To me, uh, I don't want one little candy bar. I want a whole loaf of bread. I want a giant bag of pistachio nuts. I want an entire box of graham crackers. I don't want something little. I want something big. I want to stuff myself. And there's all different kinds of eaters in, in OA. You meet every type. I'm the volume type. And uh, I'm also, I just want to mention for those of you who might find this helpful, I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for 26 years. I was a vegetarian at 262 pounds, eating all kinds of junk. Now I'm a vegetarian. I'm 168 pounds. And I'm a vegetarian that doesn't eat a lot of junk, that I eat my uh, abstinent foods that don't trigger me. So I just want you to know that any of you who are into a plant-based diet or a vegetarian diet, I often don't even mention it when I qualify because it really didn't make a difference for me. I could be 
just crazy with binge foods, vegetarian and plant-based, or I can be moderate and healthy and abstinent plant-based. So I just throw that in for whatever it's worth. But I went back to OA after all those years and uh, in, uh, when I was almost 70 years old, I was desperate. Like I said, I'm bleeding over papers at work. And uh, I get a sponsor right away. And this is the part I want to really stress because people do ask me, they say, Nancy, how did you, how did you get recovery? And this is my answer. The way I got recovery is I pretended in my mind to put myself in a rehab program. I pretended what would they do if I actually went to a real rehab, an eating disorder rehab program in uh, a clinic somewhere where you, sp you spend a week or you spend a month. What would they do with you? Well, I thought they're going to make you go to at least one meeting every day. They're going to have you on a healthy food plan. They're going to have you working with someone. And you're going to do everything they tell you. So I had that attitude right from day one when I returned to OA, April 2nd of 2015. And I got a sponsor immediately. She took me through the 12 steps. It took me about two or three months, as I recall. But meanwhile, I went to an OA meeting, and these were face-to-face. -face. This was, of course, way before COVID. This was 2015. I went to an OA meeting every single night. First, I'd go to work and work full-time at the law office. I'd leave and quickly pick up dinner somewhere, and it was always a very moderate little dinner. And then I would go to an OA meeting, even if I had to drive for an hour, an hour and a half. Every single night I went to a meeting. Then I'd come home from the meeting and I'd think, my God, I'm starving. Especially in the beginning, before I went through the steps, you're really dealing with, with a diet. You're trying to stick to a diet. So what I would do is go on my phone and I would Google Overeaters Anonymous and I would find speakers. We are so blessed. There are seems like thousands of podcasts for free all over the internet. And I would lay in bed at night, not go near the kitchen and listen to these very amazing, inspiring speakers. And uh, that was my routine every day, get up, go to work, leave work early. I used to be a workaholic, but going to an OA meeting every day, I would leave work at four in the afternoon instead of seven or eight at night or later, now I'm leaving at four, driving wherever I have to drive, sometimes through terrible traffic. I don't have to tell you in California about traffic and I'm in the Chicago area, there can be a lot of traffic. I go to a meeting every night and then I would uh, come home and I would listen to the podcasts. And that was my program. I went through the steps. I started sponsoring people immediately and then I started traveling around the United States. I was lucky that I had the kind of job that I could take a Friday off whenever I wanted to. And I would fly, I would go to different places, Atlanta, Georgia, Texas, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Toronto, Canada. I flew out to Los Angeles. 
I flew to New Jersey, uh, went to a lot of other kinds of OA retreats and workshops in the Chicago area, and devoting all these weekends to studying the big book from the most dedicated teachers we have in our fellowship was tremendously helpful. I would sit there for weekends and do nothing but listen to what they had to teach me about the big book and the beautiful program and the first 164 pages of the big book. And so I was very open to learning. I, I knew I needed to understand the program and I needed to follow the program if I had any hopes of maintaining. Because I know I'm a great dieter. My problem is I'm a horrible maintainer. I, I, it, I can't do it. But with the power of this program, the power of my higher power that I've developed through this program, uh, I'm able to maintain because I've maintained 105 pound weight loss now from April 2nd of 2015 to today. And I've done that through COVID, through self-isolating. I now work from home as a lawyer because of COVID and my brother, died during uh, um, June 5th, and he lived right next door to me here in this condo building. So I went through his illness, his hospice and everything. Never turned to, I never turned to the food. Then I myself went through hospitalization in August and uh, never turned to the food. And I'm now home uh, enjoying OA, enjoying the fellowship, enjoying sponsoring, uh, and and all the. Well, is, is that the, uh, is that the time is up? Is that what that is? Yeah, fifteen. Okay, thank you. And uh, so, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be abstinent today, to be in this beautiful fellowship, and I want to call your attention to a page in the big book, page 152. At age 79, this is my favorite page. And you'd ask why, you'd say, why is page 152 my favorite? And the reason is because when you get to age 75, you might start to wonder, gee, is my life winding down? Is my life is, is my life from this point on going to be just slowly retiring? Uh, my life is going to be bore, boring. Am I going to have a lot of health worries, a lot of loss of, of people in my life? What's going to happen? Is my life going to be meaningful once I stop being a full-time lawyer and my children are adults? My, my grandchildren now, many of them are adults. I even have a great-granddaughter. I've got uh, three adult children and seven grandchildren and a great-granddaughter and, and a beautiful family. But, but am I going to be watching from the sidelines? What's going to happen to me as I get older? Well, page 152 tells me that answer, and I'm going to read it to you. Have you a sufficient substitute? And here we're saying for your binge foods, for your binging, for your, your eating disorder behaviors. Have you a sufficient substitute once you give these up? Yes, there is a substitute and it is vastly more than that. 
It is a fellowship in Overeaters Anonymous. There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. So with that beautiful vision of the future, I pass. Thank you.